I mean, this is where coming back to like tarot or even using Oracle cards, I feel like there's, I don't know, like if you're open to it, there's these bigger messages that can come through them. You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class, lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being, and not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part, trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm an avid learner. Cancer sun, Capricorn moon, Aries rising, here to bring you some tools for self-discovery. So friends, I heard from so many of you from last week that you loved ghost stories, that you liked hearing about that story at the Palmer house. I'm so glad because you're just as weird as me. The ghost story is all about it. I'll, I'll definitely share more in future episodes. You also loved Meredith. Isn't she amazing? Um, I hope that if you haven't already had the chance to reach out to her to set up a reading, you can totally do that. So much to learn in astrology. Speaking of learning, um, I like to share self-care, self-discovery tips that I'm discovering, that I'm learning over here. And my new fave, my new fave hobby, everyone, is tracking my cycle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like kind of shocked I've never done this before, but I finally got one of those like those thermometer apps. I'm using Natural Cycles. This is not an ad. This is, I just, I basically got it because the Almost 30 podcast girls have it and I just, I'm obsessed with them. And so I got this thermometer and I got the app and I purchased some ovulation strips And friends, I cannot tell you enough how excited I am in the morning to get up and take my damn temperature and see what's happening in my body. You know, it's the little things in life, right? I mean, the reason I did start this um, is because when, after I had my second daughter, Rory, my, my body was just in so much flux and I needed to stay off birth control because I was breastfeeding and also because I needed to get my hormones back in check after, you know, gosh, like... 15 years of being on birth control and you know so many of us are in that position I'll probably never go back to using birth control just because it really messed up my system but you know everyone's different and like thank goodness that it even exists but what I what I also learned in this like last couple years is that I was showing symptoms of PCOS of polycystic ovarian syndrome and a really irregular cycle and it was weird because I would I would get like really crampy at weird times in the month. I would get nauseated and have just like no idea why. And now that I'm actually keeping track and looking at my temperature, I can see, you know, why I'm having the symptoms that I do. It's been it's been super freeing. Um, and something if you like this, if you are interested in this idea, and you can do something called cycle syncing. And no, it is not just like hanging out with your friends and all getting your period at the same time. I mean, I think that's called the same thing, but this is a little bit different. It's seeing where you are in your cycle and then scheduling your life, your work, your play around that particular phase. I'm just dabbling in this work, um, but if you are interested and you want to know more, check out the book In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. She's amazing. Her other book, um, Woman Code, is is so awesome as well. And she she breaks down um, in the flow. She breaks down what you should be doing dur- during each phase of your cycle. Some are really active. Some you are more magnetic, like during ovulation. Some you're just better off taking it easy and, and resting. So that book, yeah, In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. She also does a ton of podcasts too if you want to just kind of check it out. The other thing totally unrelated to the cycle to my physical body 
is something I learned since I, I chatted with Meredith, um, the astrologer that I interviewed last week. It's that Mars retrograde is starting in September 9th, and it is going to be a doozy, friends. So it's not super common um, for this to be happening, and I've heard from a lot of you, a lot of listeners, friends, family, that we're all just a little bit overwhelmed right now, you know, feeling unhinged, maybe even feeling a little neurotic. And you know what? First off, that's okay. (laughs) You are allowed to feel like that. The uncertainty of right now, of school and jobs and just like everything, it is so much. And also, we're, we're moving into another stage of challenge in 2020. I hate to say it, but as far as the cosmos is concerned, we've got a little bit coming our way. If you've been questioning yourself right now, if you're asking yourself, like, am I on the right path? Is this my soul's purpose? You know, am I doing the right things? That's good. Keep asking those questions. Like, keep doing that, that work. Because when Mars retrograde comes into play on September 9th, if you're not on the path that, that you feel is right for you, or you don't maybe don't know what it is yet, you're going to get a little bit of a course correction. Maybe a big course correction. It will be good. It's good. It's bringing us into, you know, that next stage of our path. Um, but now's just a really good time to be doing some self-study. Just asking yourself questions, not about other people. Ask them about yourself. Give yourself that time to just be still and listen. Give yourself a little break. Okay, so before we hop into our conversation today, I wanted to read the sweetest review from a listener. Seriously, friends, the ratings and the reviews are making such a big difference in the show. Thank you for taking the time to write these, for sharing your thoughts. This is from Music Lover 811, and they say, Ashley is wonderful. She curates an amazing group of different guests and engages in discussions around various forms of self-care and self-exploration. The episodes are easy to listen to, and they give you a jumping point to learn more and explore what works well for you. Can't wait to listen to all of the episodes. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I want this show to be, is a jumping off point for you to discover, you know, what works for you. I like the weird stuff. I also like the physical. I like the movement. I'm going to give it all to you, right? Um, Okay, so let's get to our chat with today's guest, Teresa Hutch. I purchased Teresa's Oracle deck, the Land Sky Oracle deck, a couple months ago, and I was blown away at all the things I learned about yoga in this deck. And I'm a yoga teacher. I've been teaching yoga for nine years. (laughs) If you're unfamiliar with with oracle decks or tarot, they're they're a little bit different. Tarot cards, um, they're the classic 78 cards. You can interpret them in different ways and they might look different depending on the artist, but they're always the same cards, same suits, same people. Um, an oracle deck has total freedom to share, you know, whatever information. But there's really no structure to them. If you are someone who's maybe hesitant to tap into tarot, an oracle deck might be a, a nice alternative. Today, Teresa is going to talk about the Land Sky Oracle deck, which is based on the Yoga Sutras. Um, the Yoga Sutras outlines the eight limbs of yoga. So many of us get into yoga, and I'm, giving, I'm saying yoga with air quotes, by way of just one limb. And that limb is asana or the physical practice. And this is true of me too. I started simply with the the physical practice. I had no intentions of exploring anything outside of movement. But because yoga is absolutely magical and it does that, I (laughs) eventually made my way into exploring all of the limbs. And that's really what we do on this show. So there, there are actually seven more outside of the, the, the movement, the asana limb. Teresa is a yoga teacher. She's an artist and her interpretation of, of the limbs of the eight limbs of yoga is so beautifully executed in these cards. A way I like to use um, the Oracle cards is just to pull a daily card. Today I pulled the card egoism or asmita in Sanskrit. And it was a good reminder to move out of my ego. Perfect timing for the month of intuition here on Yoga Magic. Get ego out of the way. Let my intuition shine bright. You know, if you're a listener and you're a yoga teacher or you're an avid practitioner, this, these are such cool tools to learn more about new yogic ideas, maybe theme your class classes, set intentions, tons of possibilities. Um, like I said, Teresa is a, she's a licensed art, yoga, and meditation teacher, and she lives and works out of her home in Minneapolis. 
She owns an online stationery shop with greeting cards. She has her Oracle deck, which we're talking about. And then she also has her original deck, the White Sage Tarot. You can check all of these out at www.whitesagetarot.com. And as many of you know, as I just mentioned, it's Intuition Month on Yoga Magic. I love today's conversation because, I mean, it's just that. It's a conversation. And Teresa has so many cool stories, life experiences that we chat about. But you can also just hear throughout our discussion how intuition has played such a big role in her life, in the creation of this tool, in finding her partner, you know, when ego steps in and when she she decides not to listen to it. Um, hopefully it helps shine just a little light on your connection to your intuition. And at the end of the episode, Teresa will guide you through a short meditation to help connect your earthbound limbs, some of those higher limbs of yoga to the, the more spiritual limbs, kind of bring your body into connection all at once, which is very intuitive. So stick around for that. Thanks to Teresa for being on the show. Um, We didn't get the chance to talk about her self-care rituals, which is something I like to chat on every episode. So I'm going to link those um, as well as her amazing book recommendations in the show notes. Check those out. Um, And let's get to our chat with Teresa Hutch, the creator of White Sage Tarot and Land Sky Oracle Deck. The first thing that comes to mind is that I'm an artist and it took me a long time to even say that out loud. You know, like, I think there's a hesitation there. Um, but I'm also an illustrator and I live in Minneapolis. Um, right now I'm living with my husband and my kids. I have two teenage boys. And so basically most of my day is just trying to feed them or getting food <laughs> to feed them, you know, like boys. fill the yeah. fridge and yeah, exactly. And I have two little dogs and a cat, so it's pretty crazy in our house, but, um, yeah, I mean, I used to travel, and so travel was a big deal, and so now it's just kind of like a daydream, right? Um, you know, I try to travel through books right now. I mean, oh, yeah. the way we can really do it. Um, I do a lot of reading that I feel like is, you know, like a lot of the classic texts in yoga, I feel like are inspiring. If you find the right translation, like okay. if, you, if you've ever been put off by a yoga book where you're like, oh, I don't get it, I just read the same thing five times a lot of times there's another translation that might click with you better. So that's just something to keep in mind. So I can give you a list if you want later. Yeah, what's your go-to? Like in, in a moment of like, I just need a good go-to mm-hmm. yoga book. What's, where do you go? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, for sure, Be Here Now. Oh yeah, know. yep. Yeah, I mean, that's like my, you know, like I have a short list of books that I like we have to get out now. <laughs> you know, like leave the everything. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the books I'd take? And so I'd say Be Here Now is one of them. Um, another one is Siddhartha. Have you read mm. that one? No. Um, so it's Herman Hess. Okay. And I actually read it years ago and I recently reread it and I was like, oh, like it actually made sense mm-hmm. the second time I read it, like years when I was ready for it. So that's another one. Um, I'd say I have a, a book called The Path, A Path in the Practice. Okay. By, um, it's translated by William... Um, William Martin, William Martin. Um, and so it's about the Tao. And so it's the Tao De Ching. So that's the one I have on my bedside stand where I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had a day. I know I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. So what I'm going to read something that's going to inspire me. So that's, that's usually the Tao. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've read that at all. I haven't read that one either. These are good. I'm going to link these in the show notes so that everyone can read oh, them. <laughs> cool. Cool. I mean, I have like a stack of books and I don't want to go too much into that, but um, one of the books that really inspired my deck, my Oracle deck, is um, Meditations from the Mat. Love that one. that one? Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. such a good one. It's one of I mean, my go-tos. That, oh, the, right at the beginning, it's the only one that I've ever seen where it really lays out the eight limbs in a mm-hmm. visual way. And so I definitely, I mean, mine is all like, if you saw the front page, it's just written in. That's what I use for my, you know, one of my initial books for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, he does such a good job of breaking down the limbs into like real life. Right. Um, what is his name? Ralph Gates. I think. Gates. Ralph Gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love reading. Yeah. And I feel like I agree with you on the, if we're going to get a little bit of, not, I don't even want to say escapism because it's not, you're learning something, but like if you do want to get a little bit out of the house, reading yeah. is, is such a great way to do it right now. I'm just- I can just tell you a little bit of background about me if you want. I mean, I, I moved to Minneapolis from a small town. Um, yeah. I mean, I honestly was always like, get me out of here. Like the little <laughs> town. I was ready for a city, you know, and I um, went to my little um, counselor 
in Wisconsin, you know, in the high school. And I said, yeah, I just want to go as far away as I can without paying out of state. And he's like, oh, well, you can go to the U. I'm like, oh, that's where I'm going. I'm in. You know, so it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I just decided I got the letter and I was like, okay, yep, I'm going. I, I had never visited the school once, you know, I was just like, this oh is gosh. all, you know, but that's kind of how I've made like almost all my big decisions in life is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like when I met my husband, I ran into him physically and I was like, oh, well that's done. You know, like that's same. I had that Did same you? thing happen. Oh, my, and I'm so See, glad that we're is... talking intuition today because yeah, that's exactly is. what I thought. And you say it in the appropriate way because it was kind of like, I like I had really big plans for what I was going to do in college. I don't know what it was. It was maybe like meet a ton of people and like date a bunch. And then I met my husband, and I was literally like, okay, well, change of plans because. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, no, uh, truly. And I actually, I remember running home and like writing it down and being like, no one's going to believe this unless I write it down. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if you wrote I it. I called my mom. I documented yeah. it verbally to like my closest peoples and mm -hmm. they still are like, yeah. you sounded crazy. This is another like completely off the puff thing. That's but, okay. um, so somebody had told me at one point that uh, the way you know like your life partner is by looking into their eyes and seeing like, if you are going to have kids, like seeing your children's eyes. Mm. like through their eyes. And so like not long after I met him, like that was another confirmation where I was like looking into his eyes and I was like, holy crap, I can see my kid's eyes in, wow. in his eyes. So I was like, okay, well, of course I didn't tell him because I would have freaked him out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but before I even met him, um, my roommate at the time, we were just like sitting there having a glass of wine and we we're just talking and um, she's like, I know who you're going to meet. She's like, you're going to meet somebody who's going to sweep you off your feet and take you to New York City and say, I'm not an artist, but let's go to museums and whatever. So two weeks later, after I met him, he was like, oh, we should just go to New York. He's like, I'm not an artist, but we could go to museums. Like he said literally what she said. And so then I went home to her and she's like, what? Like, I mean, her <laughs> mouth dropped out. Like, don't you remember what I said? And I was like, oh my God, yes. So yeah, I mean, I believe I mean, this is where, like, coming back to, like, tarot or, like, even using oracle cards, oracle cards, like, I feel like there's, I don't know, like, the, if you're open to it, like, there's, like, these bigger messages that can come through them instead of just being like, oh, well, what does the little book say, and, you know, mm -hmm. and just using it in your daily life. I think it can be really helpful. Let's talk about how you got to creating your oracle deck because, I mean, you're, yeah. you're a yoga teacher, you're a mom, you're an artist, you're all of these things, and you've made it, like you said, you kind of, this journey, maybe it landed in your lap. Um, how did you get there? Ooh, that is a, that's a hard one to answer because it does, you know, you keep going back and back and back. But basically, I went to school to be a graphic designer, and I hated it. But I did it because I was like, oh, I want to be an artist. And then I went to school to be an art teacher. And I didn't really like that either. And I did it for 10 years. But those things all kind of built, like the graphic design helped me. Now I chose the fonts for it. And I mm -hmm. knew the layout. And I know enough about Photoshop to like do enough. Mm -hmm. um, but then the teaching art helped me teach yoga. So I switched from art to yoga, you know. And so what I did was um, in 2011, I started making a painting well, I made a painting the first week of January. And then I was like, I made a painting the next week. And I was like, I should just do one every week. And so that's 52 paintings, right, in a year. And so then, and then I started making copies of those paintings, giving them to my yoga students. And so they come to mm. class and they get a copy of my painting. This is an idea if you ever want, or anyone else I wants, if they're this. a yoga teacher, mm -hmm. is like, it, it's just a little something that they would have at the front of their mat. And so, um, and I would, I have a, old-fashioned typewriter so I would type the words you know like quotes or poems at the bottom underneath the painting anyway so I did that for a year and then my students were like well are you gonna keep doing it like we really we really like this I have them on my fridge or and you know they all had their places where they kept them in their car or whatever and um, I was like okay fine I'll just do another year so I did that for six years so it ends up being I don't even know what oh that is 52 gosh. times six paintings right so it's just like a, a lot I mean my house is like oh my gosh like it's just kind of filling with paintings so now I make um well so then I started doing um yoga sutra cards so I made it I made those into greeting cards because I was like okay let's do something with some of them a lot of them were total like not not good quality but the ones that I liked um so now I have like over a hundred greeting card designs based on that so a lot of those the early ones I took yoga sutras um, so I, I found this book called 
the Yoga Sutras, uh, what's the full name? Um, anyway, it's, it's a translation by Reverend Jagannath Pereira. Okay. And um, I just looked him up on Facebook and I, I direct messaged him saying, hey, can I use your words on my greeting cards? And like, since then, we kind of have become friends. Cool. This guy that's like this. Yeah, yeah. He's a translator of the Yoga Sutras. He lives in New Jersey, right? <laughs> okay. You never know. But his teacher was um, Yogi Satchitananda, who was like a big yogi that came over in like the 70s. Okay. So he has this direct lineage, which is interesting too. So anyway, so I have these greeting cards. So that practice really was a big deal. So for your, your listeners, um, talking about intuition, I feel like it's so much of intuition is actually about practicing it. So whatever it is, so even if you're not a painter, you know, whatever other form, if you're a poet or if you, I don't know, are a chef, you know, whatever it is, if you practice it every day or every week and you set up like goals, it can really shift the way you like for me, my paintings have totally shifted in terms of the, the style and the quality. Um, and it also stopped me from limiting myself. So, mm -hmm. so um, when Trump was elected, I kind of lost my mind and I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't just keep selling greeting cards to these stores. Like I just, I just kind of froze my, I honestly, like my body was like, I don't know what I can do, but I can't keep going with what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, I just, I honestly was just kind of asking the universe, like, what can I do now? And, um, it was right around Valentine's day that year. And, um, I got my husband pussy willows cause I thought that would be kind of funny. And Cute, fun. Yeah. I was like, don't get me roses. I'm going to get him pussy willows because some local, you know, non, I mean, some organic local person sells them anyway. So I got these pussy willows and I painted them. And when I painted them, as I was painting them, and this is an intuition piece too. Um, like a little voice in my head is like, oh, that looks like a wand and a tarot deck. I mm. should paint a tarot deck. Like those are the words. Like that looks like a wand and a tarot deck. I, I should paint a tarot deck. And so the first painting from my tarot deck, so my tarot deck is the white sage tarot. And the, for the first painting was the ace of wands. So the ace of wands for people who don't know is the creative spark. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. <laughs> there was literally a creative spark to create that deck. Crazy. So that's kind of a fun, like intuitive, like, oh, I wasn't planning on making a deck. But also because I had this practice of making hundreds of paintings before, the idea of painting 78 cards wasn't that overwhelming. So, so you touched on something that I like, I'm always really curious about when we talk through intuition with anyone. And, and, and I had mentioned to you that it's, it's intuition month on this show and I'm getting different people's perspective on this because I think right now we're just, I, I don't know, like as a collective, we have the opportunity to pay attention a little bit more and to listen in. And when you were, you know, you're getting these, this information, however you're getting it, how did the ego step in for you? Like what, what did that look like? Mm. Was it self-limiting thoughts? Was it other people telling you maybe this isn't going to work? I didn't give you this in advance. So I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, that's totally, totally fine. Um, you know, I, and I also think that that practice of the six years, like sharing my work over and over. And sometimes people are like, what the hell? Like you painted salt and pepper shakers. Cause I was like, I have to paint whatever's in front of me. And so I had to just kind of like, you know, and, and I think, you know, so much of teaching is like that too. So like, I feel like a good teacher will, you know, like, like we had talked about before, um, the idea that when you teach yoga and you have one person show up to your class after you've been teaching for five years in that location, it's pretty brutal. Like your ego is Tumbling. like, whoa, like maybe this isn't the right job for me. Maybe this isn't, you know, and then the next week you have 20 people show up and you're like, whoa, I'm doing something right. And so if you do that enough, you're like a yo-yo in terms of your ego getting beaten up. And finally, it just says, fine, I'm just going to sit back and say, okay, well, the stars are aligned or, you know, it's not raining out, whatever. You know, there's so many variables to like so many things that happen in our lives that it's just, it really doesn't have to do with us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, but in terms of art, it's interesting. It's really interesting because I feel like when I'm painting, I'm just painting. Like when, like, so right now I'm working on a new deck and, and it's vital that it has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it has, yeah. it's like through me, not from me. 
You're channeling in a way. Yeah. And it's really, really, um, it's really different. I mean, it's just a different way to work. And I know every once in a while the ego sneaks in anyway. And then I'm like, that's horseshit that I just painted, you know, because I was trying so hard to make it look good. And it's like, it, it, it just, it doesn't work out as well. I don't know. It's just kind of a natural thing. It's the idea of spontaneity. Yeah. Well, and I, what I love about this deck that we're talking about today, the the Land Sky Oracle deck, is that it is, I mean, it's such a great place for yogis that are students to learn about yoga. And I like to say yoga with a capital Y, like yoga, all yeah, things yeah. yoga. And then also, I mean, totally. we were talking before we even started recording this, that like for to those of us that have been teaching for a long time, sometimes these these ideas and these huge teachings, I mean, they kind of can go over our heads a little bit because, I mean, there's just so many things, you know, so many paths to go down when teaching yoga. But I totally. love, I love that I can pull out one of these cards and just like be reminded or even learn. There are a lot of, of terms in here that I didn't know um, that fall under the eight limbs. So can you talk about the inspiration specifically for this deck the eight limbs, like how this yeah. came to be, um, and maybe like how long did it take you? I'm really curious to put it all together. No, it's okay. Actually, one of my most common questions, like by far, is that question, which yeah. is like how how long? Like how long did it take? You know. <laughs> so this this deck is inspired by the eight limbs of yoga, and it was written by Patanjali. And so the eight limbs of yoga are part um, of the yoga sutras themselves. Right. So um, the reason why they're important is because one of the eight limbs is the asana practice or the physical practice. And so most people, if you say yoga in the West, they think of warrior one, you know, different things like that. Right. So it's a physical practice. So it's important, but it's only so important in terms of this practice. Um, And so you have the eight limbs of yoga. And so the fourth limb is the pranayama, which is breath work. So if you can imagine this, right? So we put so much focus on the physical practice and yet the breath work is its own limb and it's actually above, right? The, the asana, the physical practice. So it's so vital at the very least to practice both of those right. together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even before that, there's the yama and niyama, um, which are the moral and ethical restraints in yoga. So traditionally, in some, some kinds of yoga, um, that the first, so Ashtanga yoga is eight limbs of yoga. So just, just so you know, when you hear that word Ashtanga, it means eight limbs. Mm -hmm. So Yama and Niyama are the, um, moral and ethical restraints. So basically like any big philosophy, fear religion says, you know, be good to yourself, be good to other people. And this is how you're going to do it. Right. Non-stealing is one of them and things like that. Um, so keeping that in mind, even when you're on your mat. So you're on your mat, you're practicing the asana. Well, you're also breathing, right? You're also maybe doing ujjayi breath so that you're doing that too. But then you're also being compassionate to yourself, right? You're not getting angry with yourself because you can't do what the person next to you is doing, right? So there's ways to integrate all sorts of parts of these instead of keeping them separate. Okay, so those are the, the lower limbs are the land in my deck. Mm. So the way I use the, the image that came to mind are cows and bulls um, because they're sacred in India. And so that just seemed like a natural fit. And when you think about a cow or a bull, there's something really grounded about them. They're very earthy, right? Mm-hmm. The way they move. Um, and so in my deck, so in the, in, for the land part of the deck, the, the, the material world, right? Um, you have this kind of baby calf and then it gets a little older and then there's the asana, which is the big bull. And then there's, and then it moves on to pranayama, which is the middle, right? So that's where the bull, it's the cover of the deck. There's a bull with an owl on its head. Mm -hmm. So that's the bridge, right? So pranayama, the breathwork is the bridge from the land or the material world into the sky, which is the immaterial world that makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the immaterial world are the higher limbs. Sky is immaterial world. And so that's where we move into owls in my deck. So like the first um, card is Pratyahara, which is moving inward, right? Turning inward. So I have this owl with their, with its head turned, mm-hmm. right? So that you can kind of remember, oh, Pratyahara, turned head, turn inward, right? So there's actually these visual cues in it. 
so these upper limbs in my deck, so the owls, right? They're all forms of meditation. And eventually enlightenment is the kind of top one, right? So that's the barn owl in my deck. Um, and I think we think, okay, that's maybe for someone else. Maybe, maybe if I, you know, like I can't meditate is one thing that people say all the time. Like I just can't do it. You know, my mind just keeps spinning and I you know I just can't do it. And I really think, I wish that we could focus a little bit more on like the awe that it inspires and like the, you know, the tears and like that kind of emotional thing that happens to some of us when we meditate. It's a, it's like, you don't actually do it because it, I mean, initially you do it because it's, you know, I should, I should meditate, you know, and you right. sit down mm-hmm. and go, okay, I'm just going to sit here and you kind of just, eventually you want your mind starts to keep going or, or it stops or you end up in it going into another place. And it is such a huge benefit for us. Like it, it's, you know, where we started off in this kind of very physical practice where most of, most people, I think in America spend their whole lives in their physical body period. Mm-hmm. And then they die. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when, when you can start to tap into these other parts where you're like, Whoa, there's a reason why humans have meditated like forever. Right. Um, and like we had talked about, like I started when I really started getting into yoga, I was, I went to like hot yoga, power yoga, get mm-hmm. it done. You mm-hmm. know, I have small kids. I have this much time. Please God don't have them go over in Shavasana. Cause I have to go pick up my kids kind of like, you know, <laughs> mentality. Right. Like, you know, and I always thought it was funny that teachers were like, oh, you know, I just let you stay in here another 10 minutes. And I'm like, how could you do that? <laughs> like, I don't have 10 minutes. You know what I mean? The kids are waiting or whatever. And, and so like how something that's so physical and so like, you know, loud music and, you know, sometimes weights even, you know, just so raw in that way, like could actually inspire me to get deeper into this practice. And now where I am with it is just a whole different place. So when people are critical of, you know, core power kind of places, I'm always just, I kind of push back on that a little bit because I think there's different ways in Mm -hmm. and some people really need to start there. So how, well, you didn't tell me how long it took because I sense that everyone wants to know. I I knew I was going to forget that. Thank you. Okay. So for my first deck, so for my uh, white face chero, it took me pretty much six months of painting every day to make the initial deck. And so from there, for that one, I did, um, I made an indie deck, which is, you know, basically like self-published, right? And mm-hmm. so you make a hundred, you can do a Kickstarter, like some people do, like if, if anyone out there wants to make one, I would say it is good to have some seed money. Mm-hmm. you know, just to get the initial printing done or do a Kickstarter or something like that where people can like get a deck, right? Um, and make a collector's edition. So that was good too. Like I had an extra card in that deck, which now people are like, can I get that card? I'm like, no, like we only made a hundred of them, right? Mm-hmm. So having that sort of thing is helpful. Um, and so anyway, so I had my indie deck made for that one. And I actually went into Present Moment. Do you know that store? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In South Minneapolis. Okay. So. Um, I went into there and they just happened to have a tarot card reading reader that day. And I was like, Oh, I have my deck in my pocket. Maybe she could look at it. And so I went over to her table and I said, would you be willing to look at my tarot? And she kind of rolled her eyes like, Oh, here comes another one. You know, like so many people are like, Oh, I made a tarot deck, you know? So, so let's do a reading about it, about the deck. And I was like, Oh, that's oh, cool. Like that yeah. And so when she did that, um, she said, she wrote on the piece, she said to me, so how many decks do you think you're going to sell? And I said, I don't know, maybe a few hundred. And she said, can you live on that? And I said, no. She said, do you want to? And I said, yes. <laughs> and so um, she's like, well, then you're going to need to think bigger. And then she wrote down on a piece of paper, two places. She wrote down Llewellyn, which is a kind of a big tarot. It's actually kind of a local tarot deck um, publisher. And then she wrote down newly publishing, which is the U S games publisher. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like, cool. Uh, so I sent my deck just to two publishers. Then um, about a year, almost exactly a year later, and for almost exactly the same amount of time, like six more months, I worked on my Land Sky Oracle. Okay. So I painted it for another six months. And then it was weird. I was like, oh, and look, I'm done. Like, it's not like, you know, it wasn't really the plan. And because I already had that publisher, I was like, Hey guys, I'm working on this. And they're like, Oh, and so they worked with me really closely on the second deck. So for the landscape Oracle, 
it was cool because my first, because I was, I think it was really hard for me to remember who doesn't know yoga. <laughs> you know, like all my friends do yoga and, you know, like, like, how do I, how do I make a deck for people who've never practiced? Or That's hard. Yoga, I feel right? you. They yeah. But it was great because some other people at my publisher were those people. And so they're like, I don't get it. You need to explain that better. You know, so they kind of pushed me to rewrite the little, you know, this little book that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically anyone should be able to pick any card and go, okay, this is the number 10. It's tapas. It's deal. I'm going to look in this book. And so then in the little book that comes with it, so I had to do all the writing with it. That was honestly one of the hardest parts because I'm not, I don't, I'm not a writer. And so I kind of, I just push myself and that, so that was also intuitive. Like, you know, what do you say? And so each of the um, cards in here has um, like words that describe what it is. So like if it's in Sanskrit, it'll say the English translation. So breaking that down, it has the qualities and just two words for that. It has a yoga sutra and it has a reflection and it has um, also an affirmation. The idea is you could just, if you wanted to just pull a card and then read the affirmation and just have that as your affirmation for your meditation or for your, you know, I don't know, playground with your kids, you know, just something that you can then kind of use as a mantra basically for the day. Mm-hmm. That so was I my next question. Is like, friendly. Yeah. It's like, how do you like to do a, a daily card or like as, as your users of this deck, like for me, I like to ask a question about the day. Like today I was like, how can I tap into my intuition the most? And you know what deck I pulled was egoism. The, am, tell me <laughs> what I'm saying Sam's work, Asmita, is that how you would say that? Yeah, yes. Yes. Because I didn't know this one. I didn't know this word. And I was like, hilarious that I would pull that. Um, it made so much sense. And like, that's something I'm working so hard is I'm trying to let go of the ego and tap into that intuition. So what do you suggest if, if people get this deck or really any, you know, any tarot or Oracle deck, how, how can they use that in an intuitive way? Well, I think that's a great card for today because, you know, we're just saying that the ego really needs to set step aside for your intuition to even have room to breathe. Right. And, um, and the other thing I love about that card, so your viewers can't see it, but um, it's kind of jagged lines, you know? So those are the obstacles in this deck. So you have the aims and you have the obstacles. So the aims are the seed of life and the obstacles kind of match it, but are these jagged lines. And actually what inspired those jagged lines is every time my kids, when, when they were little, they would always be like drawing dragons or whatever. I have two boys and they were really into like, just, there was always like a battle scene and they would draw. (laughs) I don't know why, but they would. So anyway, so whenever they wanted something to show like aggression, they would do like the the jagged teeth in in their painting. So anyway, that's, I feel like the cool thing about tarot and those obstacle cards, especially in this deck, it shows us that, you know, like this, this kind of picture of perfection that we are kind of all forced into and I I think especially people with small kids it's sort of like how good of a mom can you be right so we're only showing sometimes this one side of ourselves and yet that's a that's a big flaw for us Mm -hmm. right if we're only focusing on how can I be happy how can I be fulfilled how can I have one more coffee um (laughs) it's leaving out this this part of life where it's hard right it's it's leaving out the obstacles and how can we look at that and grow from it because that's the work, right? That's our karma is when you wake up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my best at what I've got. Like, what are the cards today? Like, literally, what are the cards being dealt, right, in our lives? Mm -hmm. You know, our cards are our kids. Our cards are our house, our our jobs or whatever. Um, And so the beauty of tarot, what that taught me is that there is a death card, there is an, a tower card. There are these cards where you're like, oh God, I hope I don't get the death. You know, people have these fears of tarot because they're so afraid of death, right? That's the ultimate fear. Um, so anyway, I feel like that was like a big learning thing for me. And, and I feel like the cards can really help us benefit by, okay, let's look at the hard stuff, right? And, and right. the easy stuff and the beautiful, all of it, right? Not just, um, not just one or the other. Um, so yeah, I think for a daily practice for me, um, it kind of depends, right? I think that either a daily or a weekly practice can be helpful. My hope or my thoughts for the, the Landscape Oracle is that for people who have a little puja table or like a little area for their meditation or yoga, that they could put the card out 
as a reminder or at their desk, if they're at a desk, right? So yeah, I just thought it could be something that, you know, people could use as inspiration. Like I drawing inspiration from the deck. I sometimes I've even drawn a card to decide what I'm going to theme my class around and like, okay, this is the, the Yama or the Niyama or whatever I'm going to work with today. And, and it challenges me to, if I'm not super versed in that one particular yogic idea, like, okay, got to do a little research in here. Like this is test my knowledge. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I mean, I've used my deck when I've, when I've taught with it, like the idea is like, these cards are a little bit bigger. You can even like one way would be to kind of walk around and show students like just a little closer up image of it so that they have an image to work with and then leave it at the front when you're teaching. Mm-hmm. So like on a yoga block or something, near a candle or something. Um, yeah. So that was, that was my hope is that people could use it. I mean, like, have you ever picked the Tadasana card, the mountain card? Yes. I, okay. So funny story about this. <laughs> Mountains are something that I'm working with. Just I'm, I'm having a lot of visions of mountains. I have a Capricorn moon. So I just oh. like in my dreams, I see mountains and like, and I know that they're a mountain for me signifies challenge and I need to get to the other side. So I pull Tadasana like all the time. <laughs> it's so funny because when I was thinking about what card stands up for me to talk to you about today, yeah, Tadasana was the one that came no up. Way. And I was like, why would I talk about that? That's like, it's, it doesn't have a lot of detail compared to the cows and things like that, but that was definitely the one that was like, I need to talk to you about that card. That's so funny. Um, um, and I'll tell you, so a funny story about that card is, so um, Hanuman, do you know Hanuman? Mm-hmm. He's, he's the monkey god in um, the Ramayana, or Ramanya as, as, that, as they pronounce it. Um, he came to me in a dream before I went to India. And um, it was very clear. He took me up onto this mountain and there was kind of a, a temple at the top and I could see the Himalayan mountains all around. And he said, watch this. And he like went, went like this with his arms kind of swoosh, you know, and he shifted the wind and the wind kind of came from one side and then he did it again from the other side and he shifted the wind like, oh, watch this. Like sh- I'm showing me what he could do. Yeah. And so, so he's called the son of the wind, which is, you know, what he's known for. So I was like, whoa, that's amazing. So anyway, so then when I went to India about about six months later, so usually my um, my intuition with dreams when I'm like imagining something happening and then it happens is usually about six months off <laughs> from when it does. Oh, interesting. And okay. Yeah, this has happened to me with a few different things. Like my sister's house was hit by a tornado and I saw it like six months before, oh my you know, God, things like scary. that. Scary. It's totally, yeah. But with this, I, so I was in India and then we went to this, you know, I think you walk up like a thousand steps or something to, you know, some temple, you know, I don't, you don't really even know where they're taking you half the time. You're like, okay, we're okay. We'll just go see this temple. And we went up and when I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been here before. And (gasps) so I know it was actually those mountains that, and so I actually had my deck on me. So I took a picture. Um, so way back in my Instagram, I could look and, and send you the picture maybe, um, of the mountains behind the mountains that I painted of them. Oh my gosh. Right? So the dream, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was so, it was such a deja vu. I was like, oh, Hanuman took me here. And of course I didn't even tell people that because, you know, whatever, but. A lot of us too with, I mean, as far as like root chakra goes, maybe feeling a little bit unsafe and like a little bit thrown all over the place. And like the idea of a stable mountain to me is, it just feels really grounded. And like, that's where yeah. my mind has been lately around like, I think I'm seeing this for a variety of reasons. And one of them is, is just like, we're all being, I don't know, tested right now. My root chakra feels pretty off, but oh, that's what we yes. do. Yes. I've heard this from several different people. I feel like I've learned but so even- much in this time, this short amount of time, <laughs> so many new book recommendations and like, oh my gosh, I love how you tie imagery into what we're doing about this idea of intuition. And yeah, I, it's just so cool. Okay. So before you go, will you tell all of our listeners where they can find you, your decks, um, all of your your greeting cards? You have so much goodness out there that we can learn from. Where can they find that? Well, if they're local, if they're in Minneapolis, then they can come, they can stop by. A lot of the food co-ops actually have my greeting cards. Um, like probably most of them do at this point. Um, Present Moment Books has my decks. Um so if you want to go pick them up in person, they're a great shop. They've got herbs and things like that too. And um, Dow Foods has them. 
and Kazana Imports has them on Lindale. So kind of near my house. <laughs> Things yeah. are you know, easy. And then I also sell them online on my web on my website. And so every time I sell a deck on my website, um, I'm committing to planting a tree to kind of offset the carbon footprint with that too. So cool. my website is um, whitesagetarot.com. Anyone check this out. It's such a cool way to learn more about yoga, learn more about yourself, to tap into your intuition. And we have a super special treat. Teresa is going to guide us through just a short meditation um, to tap into intuition and be a little bit, I don't know, a little bit more awake, I guess, if you will. And so get comfortable, get into a space that feels good for you. And then I'm going to turn it over to Teresa to guide you through. So starting off in a position where you're sitting tall. So if you're sitting on a cushion, sitting on a chair, that's fine, or sitting on the floor. Um, another option is to lie down if you feel like you're not going to fall asleep. But so as you settle in, you know, feel your sits bones, maybe rock from side to side to feel your sits bones grounding down and then lifting through the crown of your head so you can feel the spine lengthening. And then with your hands, let's find a mudra that's grounding. So first finger to your thumb, um, and then just rest them on your on your lap. So noticing your breath. So just finding a space where you just notice what does your breath feel like today. And so coming into this meditation with a sense of awe, with a sense of curiosity. So noticing without judgment. Now, what does my breath feel like right now? Is it, does it have some texture to it? Is it rough or is it feeling smooth? Is it difficult to take deep breaths or is it easy? And just noticing that when we start by just taking a few or deeper breaths, um, that even if you're feeling stressed or worried, um, it's hard to remain there, right? Just with some simple, deep breaths. Well, let's start there. You can gently close your eyes. And if you can, breathe through in and out through your nose. Start with some belly breathing. So allow your belly to release from your spine as you inhale. Then as you exhale, feel the belly drop back toward the spine. And then also deepen the breath a little bit more. So as you inhale, take a deep breath in. And as you come to the top of the inhale, take an extra sip of air, even more than you thought you could. And then hold. And slowly release the air until you exhale all the air out of your lungs. And again, exhale even more than you think you can at the base. And hold. We'll do that a few more times. So just deep breath in. At the top, hold. And, then, and release the air from the lungs. Just let it fall out. And again, you get down to empty lungs. Hold. So just one more time. Deep breath in. Little sip extra at the top. Hold. And then exhale all the air out of your lungs. And hold. So keeping your eyes closed, just come back to your natural breath. And find the alignment of your spine where there's so you're so lined up on a bone or a skeletal level that there's almost no muscular effort, right? You're just where you need to be, where gravity is pulling you down, but yet you're feeling lifted. Give yourself permission to be present for this brief meditation. If your mind starts to wander, you just bring it back to your breath. So bring your awareness down to your heart center. 
Your hridayam is your spiritual heart right in the center of your chest. And start to bring your breath into your heart. So as you inhale, inhale into the heart space. And just exhale out of the heart space. Inhale through your heart. And exhale out. So inhale through the heart. And exhale it out. So now imagine all of the things in the material world. So starting in your with your own physical body, with your the things in your room, kind of imagine out and out and out, all the way out into the city, into the country, into the world. So this material space, right, is the land. And we're going to inhale the material world into the heart. And then exhale the material world out through the t a hole in the top of your head, out into the immaterial world or the sky. And then inhale the sky down through the hole in the top of your head into your heart. And exhale the sky into the space of the land. Inhale land into your heart. Exhale it up and through the top. Inhale the sky down through the top into your heart. And exhale back out into the land. Inhale land. Exhale land. Inhale, sky. And exhale, sky. One more time. Inhale, the immaterial, uh, the material world into your heart, the land. And exhale the land up through the hole in the top of your head. Inhale, the sky. Deep inhale and exhale the sky back into the space in front of you. And staying still, come back to your natural breath. open to any messages or anything that comes through when you feel open. And bring your hands together at your heart. We'll finish with an Om Shanti 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 together, which is the universal sound of Om and peace, peace, peace. Exhale the air from your lungs. Deep inhale. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Namaste. Thank you so much to Teresa for being on the show today for this lovely meditation. And thank you listeners for tuning in this week. If you like this show, shout it out on Instagram and tag ashleysondergaard.yoga or yoga magic podcast. And maybe share it with a friend. Have a great every week, everyone. We will see you next week.